Welcome to the Focus Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that it inspires you and gives you a fresh perspective. Enjoy the sermon. Hey, welcome to church. We're excited to have you here today. Today is Life Group Sunday. Would you make some noise? Today is a powerful, powerful Sunday. This is where people are going to find real relationships and step into life-giving community. Hey, my name is Ed Clemens, and I'm the South Campus Pastor. Make some noise, Southside. Also want to welcome our East Side family. And then we welcome our West Side family. We're excited that you are here today. Man, God is going to do an incredible work in your life and i'm excited to preach the word of god today on life giving on life group sunday it's going to be a life-giving sunday uh, actually for a moment if at every campus all of our life group leaders if you can stand and will we pause for a moment and celebrate our life group leaders who are going to be leading the way in community today come on make some noise across all locations wow look at those beautiful beautiful Life group leaders, these are people who are opening up their lives so that people can experience true community and authentic community. And we're grateful for you. Today's sermon is going to be about you stepping into godly community. And I believe God has given me a very clear word on what that looks like through scripture and I'm excited to share it with you but before I do I want to honor our lead pastors Pastor Mike Santiago and Ashton Santiago make some noise thank you so much hey we're grateful for you every single week you inspire us Uh, we thank you that we're about to get ready to celebrate 10 years as a church and we thank you for your faithfulness and your consistency it truly has made a difference in so many people's lives so thank you so much to our lead pastors well i'm ready for the word are you ready for the word i said are you ready for the word Where we're going to be coming from a passage of scripture that may not be too familiar to you, uh, but it is familiar to God because not only did he write it, but it was a very intentional scripture on what community looks like in Old Testament times. So we're going to go to 2 Samuel 9. 2 Samuel 9. We're actually going to read verses 1 through 13. So it's going to be a little bit of verses that we're going to read. um, But I promise you I'm going to be short because... The ministry actually isn't just going to be the sermon. The ministry is going to be the life groups and your ability to sign up and join a life group. So I promise you, I'm going to give you enough time. And I know that's difficult because I'm not known as the shortest preaching preacher. All right. So I'm working on that gift right now in this moment. Okay. All right. So I'm shooting for 22 minutes. Come on, somebody. So I hope y'all believing in your boy. So we're going from 2 Samuel 9 verses 1 through 13. Uh, Here's here it goes. We're reading from the New Living Translation. I'm reading straight from uh, my iPad, but I'm also reading from uh, verses 1 all the way through through 13. So I'm going to start right here. One day David asked, is anyone in Saul's family still alive? Anyone whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? And he summoned a man named Ziba, who has been one of Saul's servants. He says, are you Ziba? The king asked. 
Ziba says, yes, sir, I am Ziba. And number verse three, the king then asked him, is anyone still alive from Saul's family? If so, I want to show God's kindness to them. Would you just take a note right there that there's somebody out there wanting to show God's kindness to you? That there's always somebody that God has put in your path, trying to put in your story, trying to put in your way to show you his kindness. And I want you to uh, just hold on to that thought because Ziba replied and said, yes, one of Jonathan's sons is still alive. He is crippled in both feet. Verse four, where is he? The king asked. In Lodabar, Ziba told him, at the home of Makir, son of Amiel. So David sent for him and brought him from Makir's home. Verse six, his name was Mephibosheth. Everybody say Mephibosheth. It is important that you remember this name, Mephibosheth. It is not a name that you should name your child in 2022, okay? But it is a name that is very, very important in 1 Samuel. So his name is Mephibosheth. He was Jonathan's son and Saul's grandson. When he came to David, he bowed low to the ground in deep respect. And David said, greetings, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth replied, I am your servant. Don't be afraid, David said. I intend to show kindness to you because of my promise to your father, Jonathan. I will give you all the property that once belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will eat here with me at the king's table. Mephibosheth bowed respectfully and exclaimed, Who is your servant that you showed such kindness to a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Saul's servant Ziba and said, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him, to produce fruit, food for your master's household. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, will eat at my table. And Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. We're almost there. 11. Ziba replied, yes, my Lord, the king, I am your servant and I will do all you have commanded of me. And from this time on, watch this, Mephibosheth ate regularly at David's table like one of David's own sons. Verse 12, Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah, and from then on, all the members of Ziba's household were Mephibosheth's servants. And 13, Mephibosheth was crippled in both feet, but now living in Jerusalem, and he ate regularly at the king's table. Hey, let's pray for the word of God today. Father, we thank you for this word. We ask right now, Lord God, that this word be delivered right to the, to the core of our hearts, to the core of our situation, and to the core of our past. That like Mephibosheth, we will experience your kindness on today. And Father, we thank you right now for this word. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, usually I have a very long, exhaustive opening, but again, 
again, I am on a record-breaking sermon here today. And so I just want to go straight into the story, and I want to give you some context of what is happening. So this is King David, King David that slayed Goliath. And King David is on what I like to call an appreciation tour. He's not on an apology tour. He's on an appreciation tour. And if you uh, do more more, uh, uh, appreciating than you have to do apologizing, then I promise you, you will have more solid relationships in your life. And so David is going around appreciating people so he don't have to keep apologizing to people because gratitude helps keep your relationship strong and helps you value people and value the things that people do for you and the things people are to you. And so you should try to be more like David and go on an appreciation tour every single day. And David's on his appreciation tour. He's going around asking, who can I show the kindness of God to? And David has now come to the point of his kingship where David remembers his relationship with his best friend, Jonathan. And out of that relationship with his best friend, Jonathan, Jonathan actually promised David and David promised Jonathan that we will take care of each other's descendants, that we will show the kindness of God to each other's descendants. I don't know if you have a best friend in the room, but if you have a best friend in the room, I'm sure that's your ride or die. I'm sure that is the person you will fight for. I'm sure that's the person you will throw hands for. I'm sure that's the person that you will go to war for, okay? Some of you, your best friend is your wife, your husband. Some of you, your best friend is right next to you. Shout out to all the best friends in the house because your best friend is the person that you go to bat for. And David is sitting on his throne remembering his best friend and what he had done and committed to in that relationship. And he's asking around, is there anybody? that's connected to my best friend that I can show the kindness of God to. And Ziba enters the room and it said, there's one. He's actually the son of your best friend. He's still alive. I can only imagine how shocked David must be because if this is your best friend, Jonathan, and his son, you should already may have assumed that that's his uncle, right? is that Mephibosheth will see Uncle David because if that's my best friend, you know how we do. Uh, We don't have to be blood to be cousins, right? We don't have to be blood to be uncles and aunties, right? Because that's how God created people is that we can be in relationship and we didn't come through the same womb. We can be in relationship and we didn't come through the same bloodline. And so I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, man, Mephibosheth, that's actually Uncle David, not King David. But you don't understand the times of the day. Mephibosheth is in a place called Lodabar. This place called Lodabar is actually a place where he was left, not where he was born. Because where he was born was actually royalty because his grandfather was King Saul. His grandfather was King Saul. His father was a prince. So guess what? Mephibosheth is actually royalty. The Bible doesn't mention that he's royalty. That's why you got to read the word. But Mephibosheth actually is a royal prince. He should have been next in line. But at the age of five years old, Mephibosheth's nurse got the word that Mephibosheth's father and his grandfather was murdered. 
And what happens in that time frame when the king is murdered and, and, and the son of the king is murdered is that they're coming after everybody in the family to ensure that nobody else can take the throne in Saul's family. So at five years old, when they got that message, Mephibosheth's nurse runs with Mephibosheth in hand at five years old. And in haste of her running, she drops Mephibosheth fractures, shatters both of his feet. Now, Mephibosheth at five years old isn't just dealing with a sprain. He actually now is paralyzed. At five years old, he's paralyzed. And my question is, in, in 2 Samuel chapter 9, Mephibosheth and David have this interaction 18 years later. 18 years have went by and Mephibosheth is left in a place that he didn't even ask for. He's left in a place that he didn't, he wasn't raised in. He's left in a place where nobody is. He's left in a place called Lodabar. And in this place, Lodabar, he's crippled because of something he didn't even do to himself. And I know there's many people in the room that you feel as if life has dropped you. You feel as if your last church has dropped you. You feel as if your last pastor has dropped you. You feel as if your last friend has dropped you. You feel as if the last situation has dropped you. And you're currently sitting in a state where you don't need anybody. You don't trust anybody. You're not ready to step into a relationship with anybody else because you are afraid of being dropped again. But I'm here to tell you that the kindness of God is chasing after you. And the kindness of God is coming for you to pull you out of Lodabar. Because Lodabar isn't where you belong. Lodabar is just where you was left. And we all have had a moment in our life where we have been like Mephibosheth. Where someone dropped us and it left us damaged. And now the future relationships are suffering for what the past relationships have done. Now the future church is suffering because of what the past church has done. Now the future people are suffering for what the past people have done. But I'm here to tell you that God is after delivering and showing his kindness to every Mephibosheth that is in the room. And it is going to be through people like King David who's going to call on Mephibosheth, who's going to look around and says, is there anybody left in the room that I can show the kindness of? Of God too. And so when we have life group leaders that's opening up their homes and opening up their lives, they're saying, is there anybody that I can show the kindness of God to? When someone says, I want to start a life group, I want to lead a life group, what they're saying is, is there someone else that I can show the kindness of God to? And so the kindness of God is coming so hard after you. And what I love about this story is that it was up to Mephibosheth to decide if he was going to accept or reject David's invitation. And it is currently up to you if you're going to accept 
or you're going to reject the invitation to get into God-centered community so that you can experience the kindness of God. But I can expect why Mephibosheth would even maybe consider rejecting that invitation. Can you imagine how afraid this man is? That the king currently is calling after me after 18 years? I thought not only was I left, I thought I was safe. Because my bloodline, they were going to kill everybody in my bloodline. And so if I'm getting an invitation to the king's palace, if I'm Mephibosheth, I'm thinking, that's a death notice. He's inviting me to kill me. And how many of us get invitations to friends' homes, invitations to people to come and sup with them and commune with them, and the enemy start playing in your mind? What if they're trying to hurt you? What if they're trying to manipulate you? What if they're trying to abuse you, take advantage of you? I'm here to cancel every bad thought right now that's trying to hold you back from leaving Lodabar. All that thought would have done if he would have rejected it, it would have caused him to stay in Lodabar. And that's all the enemy wants to do. He wants to keep you in Lodabar. You want to know what Lodabar means? Lodabar actually means the place of no bread. It means the place of no bread. That means it means the place where you're not being fed. It means the place where you're actually not being nourished. It means the place where you're actually not growing. It means the place where there's no purpose, there's no vision, there's no growth. There's nothing healthy for you in Lodabar. And so the enemy will try to keep you in a place that is not good for you by trying to tell you that the invitation is, to, is being used by God to hurt you. But the invitation isn't used by God to hurt you. It's actually being used by God to show you his kindness. And there's people like David that's going to come into your life, that's going to invite you in. To help you experience three things that Mephibosheth experienced that he didn't expect was going to happen when he accepted the invitation. The first thing that he didn't expect to receive by accepting the invitation was the kindness of the king. He didn't expect to receive the kindness of the king. He actually expected to receive maybe the brutality of the king, maybe the violence of the king. He didn't expect to receive the kindness of the king. The Bible says that when he accepted the invitation that, 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 that David then said to him, Mephibosheth, I'm only here to show you kindness because of your father's sake. He says, out of that kindness, you actually now can eat at my table. You can eat at my table because of the kindness that I'm about to show you. And Mephibosheth did not expect to receive that kind of kindness. And what I love about the kindness of David, the kindness of David reflects the kindness of God. I love that the kindness of David doesn't reflect 
the kindness of David. Because the kindness of David is a human kindness. It is a conditional kindness. It is a prejudice kindness. It is a kindness that is selective. It is a kindness that is uh, exclusive. It is a kindness that, that picks and chooses, if you are kind to me, I'll be kind to you. But David said, I'm not here to show David's kindness. I'm here to show God's kindness. And David shows God kindness. And here's what I want you to know, that when we're starting groups and opportunities for you to step into community and you to get into real relationships, what we're, what we're doing to you is we're helping you to experience the kindness of God through the conduit of people. God's kindness will always be limited to the person he's trying to work through. So the person he's trying to work through, if that person chooses not to be kind, then that person can put a bad taste on the kindness of God. So David said, I'm not going to try to show you kindness based on my kindness. I'm going to show you kindness based on God's kindness. And I love God's kindness because God's kindness isn't prejudice. God's kindness isn't selective. God's kindness is inclusive. God's kindness doesn't care what your situation is. God's kindness doesn't care what your past is. God's kindness doesn't care what you've done. God's kindness is always coming after you. I was getting my hair cut and my barber said, man, tell me what you was going to preach. Give me uh, insight into the word. And I started preaching the word to him right there in the barbershop. Uh, I started just going right on in. And uh, we had a great time. And he said, oh, man, ah, that word is just for me. I said, well, tell me more. What, what do you mean it's, it's just for you? He said, I have a hard time accepting people's kindness. I said, well, tell me why. Tell me why. He said, because my pride won't let me feel like I need help. And I said, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Me too. Because <laughs> you're not the only one. There's other ones in this room as well that you reject God's kindness because you see it as people's kindness. And you see it as people trying to uh, meet a need that you have. But it's not that they're trying to meet a need. It's that God's trying to show his kindness to you through someone else. And so when you, when you reject someone's generosity, when you reject someone's invitation, when you reject someone's wisdom, remember this. You're not rejecting them. You're rejecting God's kindness. And so you have to get better at accepting God's invitation. Now that we got these life groups open and this life group season, we're inviting you to experience the kindness of God. We're inviting you to experience people that's going to show you a level of kindness that's going to blow your mind. I think of people like my friend Quasi. Quasi joined our life group last season called the Lion's Den. It was a men's group. And Quasi and I and all the other men, we had a phenomenal time in our men's group. I mean, the best time in our men's group. And then Quasi and his wife, Saya, was pregnant, and they had a baby, and the name was Baby James. Everybody know Baby James, beautiful baby. Well, in that time frame for the past two, for those two months, 
Can I tell you the kindness of God that was shown to Quasi and his family was one that opened his heart and his mind to God like it's never been opened before. He had people bring food. He had people step into their home, pray over their child. He had people give financially. They had people sow such a, a, a level of God's kindness into their life. And it was all because he stepped into godly community. So when you reject godly community, remember what you're rejecting. You're rejecting the kindness of God. Here's the second thing Mephibosheth did not expect. He did not expect to be invited to sit at the king's table. He didn't expect to be invited to sit at the king's table because Mephibosheth had lived in Lodabar for so long that he started to identify with it. He started to call himself a dead dog. And I don't know about you, many people don't feel like dead dogs are worthy to sit at royal tables. And so when David gave him the invitation to sit and eat at my table, that moment for Mephibosheth must have shown him a level of God's love that he has never experienced in his life. What king will give me a seat at his table? What king would choose not to kill me, harm me, but instead welcome me in to sit at his table? And the love of God is coming after every soul in this room that's stuck in Lodabar. And he's saying, I'm inviting you to sit at my table. What I love about our life group leaders is that they may not be like King David. They may not have a palace. They may not have a a fortune. They may not be wealthy. They may not be kings and queens. Well, I'm sorry, you actually are kings and queens, but, uh, but they may not be in such an authority where they got a throne, but I can tell you what, every last one of them have a table. And they're all inviting you to their table. And that's the kindness of God to show you that just because you was left in Lodabar, you don't have to live in Lodabar no more. Just because that is where you were left, that's because that's where you was dropped off, you don't have to stay there anymore. You can trust new people. You can trust fresh people. You can put your hope into people again because you can sit at the table. And here's the third thing he didn't expect. Mephibosheth didn't expect to be adopted into the king's family. Mephibosheth didn't expect to hear the words from King David that you will eat at my table like you're one of my sons. How many of you have found people at this church that you legitimately can say they feel like family? They feel like family. Uh, I'm sure there's many of us in this room that say, I, I met people in this building, people in this church. Man, they're better, than, they're better to me than my real brother, <laughs> than my real sister, than my real mama, than my real daddy. Like, if I'm just being honest with you, you feel as if you've been adopted into a new family. 
And Mephibosheth has been adopted into the king's family. And I'm here to tell you that we're launching groups today so you can be adopted into a new family, so that you can be adopted into a place where you are welcomed, you are loved, and you can sit at the table. And this is the blessing of this story, is that David showed a man the kindness of God in a way that he's never experienced before in his life. And I'm a testimony today that through life groups, through people praying for me right before the sermon, I am a product of someone showing me the kindness of God. And I would not have experienced that kindness if I would have rejected the invitation. I said all that to say this. Today, you got to stop rejecting invitations. And you got to start accepting invitations. Because the invitation that someone gives you may not just be coming from them, it may be coming from God. But because you're rejecting people because of what people did to you, think of it like this, you may just be rejecting God. And you're rejecting the opportunity to experience his kindness. You're rejecting the opportunity to sit at his table. And you're rejecting an opportunity to be adopted into a new family. So why, why should I join a life group, Pastor? Why, why should I give my, 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 my life to a season of, of, of being in community with people? The reason is, is because you don't know what you really need. What I love about this story is Mephibosheth sat at the table but his feet never got healed. Because the healing you think you need may not be the healing you really need. You so focused on the pain in your feet, God's focused on the pain in your heart. And God says, I may not heal the pain in your feet in this season, but I'm gonna heal the pain in your heart but I need you to accept my invitation because the invitation is my kindness. The invitation is your seat at the table and you get to do it continually over and over and over again. And I may not deal with your feet in this season. In this season, I may be dealing with your heart. I may be dealing with your trust issues. I may be dealing with your social anxiety that actually has a root. I may be dealing with your lack of patience with people. I may be dealing with the reason why you don't want to actually share your story. Maybe when you keep coming around the king's table over and over and over again, maybe you'll find the healing that you lead. And maybe you'll finally leave, load the bar, and never go back. The story 
doesn't just end with Mephibosheth at the table. The story ends with Mephibosheth in Jerusalem. He never goes back to Lodabar. His feet didn't get healed. But his location changed. His attitude changed. His life changed. His residence changed. His associations changed. So much changed in Mephibosheth's life. All because he accepted an invitation. What you gonna do today? You gonna say, Pastor Ed, no, I don't need people, okay? But you do need the kindness of God because it may not always come through a miracle. It may not always come through your bank account going from the negative to the, to the positive. Sometimes you just need somebody to say, hey, brother, I'll listen to you. Hey, hey my sister, um, um, I believe in you. Hey, hey, I actually am sorry for what they did to you. I actually know a God who can love you better than your daddy did. I know what your last pastor did. I know what your last church did, but I'm here to tell you that we're a different people. Maybe that's what you need. And so today, Life Group Sunday, is your opportunity to leave load the bar. Come on, Jesus. And enter into Jerusalem and experience the kindness of God at the table of God in the family of God. So if you're ready to receive that, we're going to open up groups right in the back at every campus, every location. And I don't need you to make an excuse. Oh, my feet are crippled. Oh, my feet hurt. No. Because when you're at a table, you're actually normal. And the, the cloth covers you. No one really sees your issue anyway. No one's really worried about your issue anyway when we're all at the table. So stop worrying about the thing that God's going to deal with and start accepting the invitation to get at the table because there's so much more healing that is deeper than your feet. And that's what life groups are all about. People like King David opening up their homes, opening up their lives, welcoming you and inviting you to the table. Would you just go ahead and bow your heads and let's pray. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for this opportunity today to accept your invitation. And I thank you, God, that just like King David, Jesus is sending out an invitation to come and sup at his table, to come and sit at his table, to come and experience his kindness today. 
So, Father, we thank you for this word, and we thank you for what you're going to do today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, would you put your hands together for the word of God today? Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. This ministry is made possible because of the generosity of so many people like you. To partner with us, you can click the link in our description or visit www.givetofocus.com. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe now or share it with a friend. For more inspirational content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, www.youtube.com slash focus church. Join us next week for another incredible message.